0: What's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, alongside Steve Carpenter. How are you? I'm good. How's everything? Really good, really good. We are with the good doctor. When I say the good doctor, I mean Dr. Goldstein. Uh, How are you doing?
1: I am good. How are you guys?
0: Good, good. Thanks for coming back.
1: Thanks for having me, as always.
0: Um, Dr. Goldstein has Bespoke Surgical. He is a... Yeah, an anal surgeon. Anal like. surgeon, good doctor. Um, he's also here today to give us our third and final installment of our very important HPV vaccination. And why once again in a nutshell should we be, or do you recommend in a nutshell? why we should have HPV vaccination?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think one of the interesting things is that the FDA just increased the age from 26 to 45 wow. in all
0: people. Um, wow. just because I almost made the cut. Ca- <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, right? Well, we, well,
1: we could, we could, we could yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's really, really powerful. One of the things with that is that, which I didn't know, I think the CDC actually has to take that data and analyze it
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: give a second approval for insurance companies, supposedly, Mm -hmm. to authorize it. So some have and some haven't authorized it to the age of 45. But you can see that more and more data is substantiating the need to give Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, a lot of this data is not specific to the gig community. And so when we look at the gig community specifically, we really start to see more and more advantages to getting it. So some of the things that people tell me is, well, I already have HPV. What's the vaccine going to do for me? And I think one of the things is the vaccine has nine different subtypes in it. So you probably don't have all nine. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, is that it would be protective against that. Also, there are some data to suggest that just giving the shot alone creates an immune response, which makes it to the point that people don't get recurrent warts or Mm -hmm. HPV issues, it can (coughs) minimize that, or it decreases the chances of people getting uh, anal cancers.
0: Or what about Um, the combination of if you have some other STD or you're HIV positive, wouldn't this vaccination, you know, the blending of the two wouldn't that be detrimental to somebody? No,
1: no, it doesn't. It seems more so that it's positive from uh, an HIV perspective. If you looked at some of the newest data that's out there and their final data is coming out soon, it seems as if it decreases the chances of anal cancer rate in HIV positive men significantly. I think some of the preliminary data was up to about 80%. Wow. So that's I think a, that's I, I, when I, you're back va- when you're vaccinated. When you're vaccinated. So mm-hmm. I, us- I tell everybody that they should get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you may have to go to your primary care and your primary care says, oh, you know what? I don't know. You say, just give it to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because I think it's really great. And also in our world of open relationships. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is you're going to come into contact with HPV issues. You might as well right. be as protective. Um, as
0: Polyamorous relationships yeah, totally. and so forth.
2: Well, I just, you know, men in general, single, <laughs> single gay men tend to have a lot more gay, a lot, a lot more sex. Even, say even, a lot more sex, a lot more partners. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and and I think
1: one of the things also is specifically um, if your partner did have HPV-related issues in the past, you should talk about that. I usually mm-hmm. tell people when relationships get more serious and you're like, hey, let's come off of prep or let's talk about like kind mm-hmm. of the boundaries and whatnot, you can say, hey, you know what, I've had anal warts or issues before. Have you? And they go, no, great. Well maybe mm-hmm. we should have you checked and right. get a vaccination mm-hmm. so that I don't pass it along to you. It's just kind of right. lowering everybody's risk.
0: And people should yep. know that it's a series of three vaccinations. We're like we said, we're about to do our third and final one. It's staged in three month increments and then a final six month. Yeah. So usually
1: it's, it's the, you get your shot then You wait about two to three months to Mm -hmm. get the second shot. And then six Six months months from the original shot.
0: Is that just so it really can. Yeah. Do its thing. Yeah. It's just
1: the the way that, and a lot of people ask me, do you need a booster shot like years later? Mm -hmm. And there's not data to suggest that as of yet.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. So HPV, get that moving on. I wanted to talk about something that was in social media recently Boomer Banks who's been on our show before on our live yes. broadcast of Talk About Gay Sex. We love Boomer. Love Boomer. He just came out with a new fashion law lo- leather fashion line, oh, good. even better, but he recently retweeted a post that his colleague is uh, another porn star. Um, what Boomerang uh, writes is, "Imagine being this insecure that I need to shame on a public platform. I have my sassy mo I have my sassy moments, but this is intense sis." And he's talking to Jordan Fox, another porn star, and Jordan Fox posted a dirty condom of um, he was a guy he had just fucked. And it mm-hmm. was like dirty, you know, if you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. said, guys, do me a favor and clean your ass out before you bought him. And so Boomer was just essentially saying, really, did you have to like really like essentially shame Um there's a whole thing on shaming, and it brings me more. We could talk a whole thing about that. But really, it does bring up the t- the topic to you, Dr. Goldstein, about proper cleaning. And I sure. know we've talked before in the past about you can overclean you, things like uh, anal cleaners that are attached to your shower. You're not the biggest fan sure. of uh, but when you see stories like this of shaming and it just makes many bottoms, I'm sure, want to just buy all of those tools because they're now like, who wants to have that moment?
1: Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think it's a huge, huge issue, especially in our, in our world of that component. Um, you know, there's no right answer to douching. There isn't. Right. You know? I, mean, I think And everyone's our, different, I'm sure. And, and everybody's different. You know, our community is so anal about Mm -hmm. anal (laughs) that's that it really it fucks with your mind more so than your ass unfortunately Um, right and i think the key component is really trying to figure out where's this where do you strike the happy balance Mm -hmm. if i was the bottom in that case um and i was shamed in that way um obviously i would never engage with that person again and like you know it, it is the ass it does have stool that's yeah. there and every once in a while you are going to come into contact with mm-hmm. some stuff and that's just kind of i think par for the course right um but
2: Wait. right friends friend, a friend of mine always called it icd incomplete douche yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like, oh, i, 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 I was out last night, ICD, ugh, you know, (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) And uh, before you go
0: on, I mean, there is something about bottoms or when you are bottoming, you're plagued by it. I mean, before you go out at night, you're going to dinner and it's like, oh, shoot, why did they pick Italian restaurant, you know, tonight? And, uh, you know, there's this guy that I think I'm going to get lucky with and what do you do and... But I want to eat, and I mean, it's just this whole. Ugh, it just
1: shows that it's really tough to be a bottom, right? Yeah. Um, and you have a it's lot of difficult, difficult. work, right? And, it's, and, <laughs> and there's multifactorial. People should know that, <laughs> yes, yes. and it's multifactorial. And you know, I think that bottoms are really great in knowing their bodies, and I think that that's right. one of the things. So we we tout to do oral supplementation with fiber, um, using some supplements. I think. You guys are with like Pure or Take-Two. Pure two. for Men mm-hmm. is right. really good. Right, so Pure, Take-Two. I think some of that fiber supplementation is really great. How
0: about probiotics? Because I tend to take mm-hmm. probiotics now. Yeah,
1: you just got to be careful with some of the probiotic stuff that it may make you go more. Um, right, you okay. Know, and so you just have to kind of feel what the balance is. Mm-hmm. The goal is for everybody to just shit once a day, let's say, evacuate everything, mm-hmm. and then completely be clean. You know, right. I tell people to come to me in my office and not to douche, because I have to do certain things that do may actually alter the results. And I got to say, like, nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. I'm looking in the ass, especially where a cock would go, and there's nothing there. It's totally clean. Mm-hmm. So, now, he's a porn star. Does he have a big cock? Yes. I mean, his cock could be quite big. It's probably going beyond where the, the average would potentially exactly, go. Exactly, right. Um, and so, again, you have to kind of gauge your crowd, mm-hmm. you know, like fisters are really great and attuned to knowing their bodies and they, they do want to do more mm-hmm. higher up. So they are the ones that are using either laxatives or using the shower hoses and really doing a lot. Right. But what and we see... Take the water
2: line up to the nipples. Yes, exactly. And yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. And then, <laughs> and then it comes out the mouth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That is hilarious. Oh, my God. But I think the thing that everyone needs to understand is that there's a lot of studies now showing that HIV and STD rates are linked to douching. Wow. Um, and wow, so if that's y- interesting. So if you think of internally we have a normal bacteria count, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a homeostasis to that. It's, there's a mm-hmm. symbiotic relationship, right. bacteria and tissue, right? Now that you're using these douches, this douching causes so much problems where it actually gets rid of the good bacteria. Right. And it's, it's proven in men that have sex with men, there are different bacteria types. And that in theory is supposed to be kind of detrimental and now causing injury. And mm-hmm. that injury is now primed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Or when you do have anal intercourse, all of a sudden, a sexually transmitted disease like right. HIV or chlamydia and gonorrhea has an irritated area mm-hmm. that's very easy to actually uh, get, to, get, to get infected. Become inflamed. Exactly. exactly. Yes. So we all know why everybody does it. But I think the key is, one, is for us to really educate people that if you feel like it's going to be that bad, don't bottom mm-hmm. right? right or or know your audience and say hey look this is
0: it's here's it's, where i'm at here, here's, <laughs> <laughs> here's
1: here's what i'm at you know mm-hmm. it's like me and, and went the to
0: Ju- the olive garden and you know right oh, well <laughs> i didn't but, you <laughs> know, like.
1: i didn't you know? <laughs> no but it's like me and the jewish gut you know the jewish gut is always irritable bowel you never know like is it gonna be good is it gonna be bad <laughs> right, or what? right so oh you have God. to take all of that into account but one of the other things to do is to try it yourself use toys you know, before you engage Mm -hmm. and pull that toy out and see and kind of check and see smelling. What does it smell like? What does it look like? Are Mm -hmm. there certain things? And that could give you a gauge to kind of go from there. People, um, less is more. So I think, you know, people love to distend like a big balloon. And we've spoken about this before, um, where now that's causing much more injury. Right. So the key is kind of like a colonic where water's going in, water's going out, water's going in, water's going out. It's never like filling up and, right. g- and you know, a lot of people fill it up, filling hold up, it there, hold it, yeah. swish around, oh. jump on their head, yeah. and then no. evacuate. No. That. Yeah. And that's just mm-hmm. not the way to roll.
0: I like your idea, though, of using a toy, uh, especially if, like in this case, the top is really large, mm-hmm. huge. And you can use a larger dildo or toy. Well, you don't need to use a larger
2: dildo. You just need you just need to know that if you put something up there, you know how does it
0: come back? But it's kind of know? twofold. It will also right, relax exactly. the, yeah, ah, right. okay. the person, saying, yeah. totally. so that you can you're be that prepared. That's another thing you talk about a lot is that you know muscles are so tight there so mm-hmm. it can help prepare for that totally absolutely so no i think that, that that's a i guess really i'm just not idea. used to that but you're able to take <laughs> it <laughs> okay girl we get it <laughs> well you are well, i mean
2: on either side you know just you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just not used to those really <laughs> tight guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it i love it well moving on something a little anyway. bit more serious that um fistulas we've talked about it on the show before i have ha- actually had one at one point and went to a regular straight doctor it's essentially a tear in the anal cavity correct that shows So that's
1: a fissure
0: a fissure okay yeah just real quick the difference between sure 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 so a
1: fissure is a tear so what happens is is that just from um, penetration just engaging what happens is the tissue is very thin it can just tear, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, that tear can be painful and bleeding, and there's certain things that we can do if seen very soon after the injury, right. or later, if it's a chronic issue, then I may need to do some surgery and use some Botox, and we'll talk about that. You wanted to talk about what what's called an anal fistula, which is Basically, there are these glands about three to four centimeters in everyone's ass and those Mm -hmm. glands, even though they don't secrete enough lubricant for us to have anal sex Mm -hmm. like women do in the vagina, um, they produce a little bit of mucus so that when we're going to the bathroom, we don't tear anything Mm -hmm. or have issues. Those glands are fucking stupid. So sometimes they actually get clogged and instead of it shutting off, mm-hmm. what happens is that mucus finds its way out a different way and people get an abscess like a, like a big pimple in the area. It's fucking painful. Yes. It gets red, it gets indurated mm-hmm. and either the skin opens up and it drains like a pimple, mm-hmm. um, or I have to, or some surgeon needs to kind of cut that and drain out that infection.
0: Through surgery. Through
1: through, through Yeah, or in the office, like through numbing it, just like a pimple and popping it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is that a connection develops from that gland inside to where that pimple is on the outside. So it's and like so a, a tunnel. It's like a tunnel, exactly. And that's what happens. People drain. They mm-hmm. get this chronic like mucus, and it smells, and there's... Pus coming out, or that it swe- keeps swelling up,
0: mm-hmm. and, and it will never are, go away. Essentially, unless you
1: yeah, yeah. you know, it's fifty-fifty shot. Sometimes the abscesses do, and that gland right. like kicks back in, where it, it it you know doesn't really form that fistula. It closes that entire tract. But one of the interesting things that I see a lot is, you know, in theory it's a one-way tract, right? We're supposed to just be shitting through there, and obviously we're using it on a sexual way, and that's mm-hmm. all well and good, and we support all of that, but when we're douching and when we're using lubricant and then when, when we have, you know, semen and all the body excrement, what happens is, is that those glands in everybody are normally there, right? And so what I've been seeing is that stuff gets in those glands. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you're causing them. it to be clogged okay. by, by engaging that way. You know, you don't know, I mean, obviously. Right. But some people's glands are like... Pouches that are pretty long Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden like either a piece of shit or a lubricant whatever gets stuck in there Mm -hmm. And then it causes irritation right and then finally, you know two to three days later It resolves you never develop an abscess some people do but for the most part you don't develop an abscess But you feel it and you're having sex and you're like god Why is sex Mm -hmm. like burning or why is it like painful? Um, And then you sometimes people actually have to stop just Mm -hmm. because that friction going past an irritated gland causes people to just not have pleasure. Right. Um, and so I see it a lot where they'll go to a colorectal surgeon, someone else, um, who doesn't understand kind of our world, and they'll look in the ass and they'll be like, oh, everything's fucking awesome. Everything's perfect, there's mm-hmm. no problems. And then you're like, well, at nine o'clock inside, every time I have sex, I feel something. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, they come to me and I see that gland and you're like, oh, that's probably Mm -hmm. where you're having issues. And then I actually have to bring people to the operating room where I put a small probe into that gland and basically just open it. And Mm -hmm. it's a simple thing, but it relieves that pocket so that I'm basically creating an appropriate tunnel, so that when you're douching mm-hmm. or when that you're having sex, that you don't have that irritation happen.
0: And that one's called an abscess. Well, it's called an anal fistula. Right. But it's
1: called so a Goldstein fistula because nobody else has kind of termed that yet. So well, okay, <laughs> Ooh,
0: I love that. And we're st- we're the you're one. Your own, <laughs> your own. You have a fistula. Named I have yeah. the fistula. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I am in your
1: ass, and I am like.
0: And I'm sure plenty of people <laughs> would like that, yes. Um, but what I, the one that I had, the fistula that was—it's more visible. But Correct. even in my case, where it was f- visible, many doctors, and why I wanted to talk about it, don't even know. Your average doctor simply could—you totally. know—in the office was trying to poke and prod at it and drain it, in just the regular, you mm-hmm. know doctor's office and it turned and then another doctor had to sort of diagnose in and it took me to like the third right, i remember weeks you saying. and weeks yeah and so it's like people don't really know enough about this totally and, and then you talk about the goldstein <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> now you add res- it yeah that. Mm-hmm. that i'm sure many guys out there could be in pain and and then either just su- you know finally come see someone like yourself or or what but it can be really you know painful I think yeah and that was why
1: I blogged on it you know on on medium.com I'll just Mm -hmm. plug that I blog a lot about these issues because I want people to understand and take hold of the you know take responsibility for their own bodies because unfortunately you know we are in a kind of a gay uninformed world Um, absolutely and and the goal is for us and and that's what's so awesome about being here and with your podcast is to kind of really educate people and implore people to kind of understand uh, more about it
2: well you look at you look at Women, women go to a gynecologist, you know, on a, on a fairly regular basis. Now, granted, there are other parts in there and childbirth things that have to go with that. But, you know, as a gay man who has anal sex, you should you should have that area uh, looked at by a qualified doctor on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, usually I say once a year. You know, I yeah. mean, right. the goal is especially from like even if you're healthy and bottoming is great. I think mm-hmm. the reality is is that there's so many things that are silent that you right. don't know mm-hmm. at all until we kind of really take a look. And then also it's good to see where you are and where you're going sexually. Sometimes people want to go further sexually and they just don't know how, mm-hmm. and so creating a safe space. So many people we talk like are tops that want a bottom, but it's too painful, then we talk about that. Or bottoms that want to get into fisting, um, and how do you do that, mm-hmm. and how do you, you know, engage that way? But then also how do we um, bottom forever? right? Mm-hmm. The longevity of the bottom and learning certain right. things that we can do. Um, and that's why I even hired a, a, a pelvic floor physical therapist that's in um, my office to kind of bring that component where there's days that you want to dilate and stretch and really be relaxed to engage anally. But then there are days that you want to strengthen and mm-hmm. do a lot of work so that you don't Become too loose or Uh-oh. not have pleasure mm-hmm. in sex. So, so there's a lot that I think we can do, and at least once a year, anal pap smears, mm-hmm. STD screening, from 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 my perspective, right. um, and then a full internal and external evaluation.
0: And anal pap smears are simply what uh, a full look at your ass and having yeah, someone so like yourself. Yeah, so anal pap
1: smears is more related to the HPV issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most of us have Wars, HPV. Yeah, most of us have HPV. And so HPV can develop into warts. It can develop into cancers. And so you can cut that off, uh, you know, in its path mm-hmm. um, and reverse it. You can actually just do some lasering or do some treatment in the office so that people don't have the higher propensity to get anal cancers. So just like women have cervical pap smears, mm-hmm. just like you were talking about. Right. You know, anyone that engages anally um, should um, at least once a year have that done. And if you're not, see somebody that's doing it. Mm
0: -hmm. We're talking to Dr. Goldstein of Bespoke Surgical. Follow him at Bespoke Surgical on Instagram. I wanted to also talk about something that you said completely avoid. It's called when a a physician says they're going to perform a lateral internal sphincterotomy. That's a whole lot of.
2: That's a lot of words.
0: That's a lot of words. <laughs> I'm not trying sure to scare th- me out of the office. Lateral. <laughs> I got the <laughs> lateral part. You know, like yeah. But hmm.
1: yeah. So you were talking before about fissures and the difference yes. between a fissure and a fistula. Um, fissures are those tears, and they can happen from either being too tight and then trying to engage. Um, and then all of a sudden the skin tears, mm-hmm. or just from positions or angulation where the skin is very thin there and all of a sudden it, it, it ruptures. Um, there's two spots that most happen. Um, the, m- the most common one is towards the tailbone, like of the actual anal canal. That's the weakest spot in everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and also towards the front of the actual anal opening um, towards where the testicles are. You know, I mean, in the anus right. itself, right. Um, And those areas are just super weak. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of the force happens. And so you tear. It's painful. It bleeds. It stops your bottoming. You're like, what the fuck is this? And then most of them heal. Mm -hmm. If you're doing certain things with stool softeners, suppositories, and some kind of over-the-counter stuff with baths and things, it'll heal Mm -hmm. most of the time. A lot of people, it's Mm -hmm. recurring. And especially with um, intercourse, you know, you may be shitting okay, and then you try to engage anally, and then all of a sudden it happens again. It just mm-hmm. keeps tearing. And right. then that's when I have to jump in and kind of clean out the old scar so that now it's healthy tissue. Mm-hmm. And then also, I do a lot of Botox to give relaxation in the area so that that cut could actually heal the right mm-hmm. way, right? Now, in the straight world, can we say straight?
0: Yeah, in? Okay. absolutely. Because <laughs> I know where you're going with this. So <laughs> in the straight
1: world, um, a lot of uh, straight men are obviously they don't engage anally, um, and their asses are really tight, and so they get a lot of constipation, and they can tear that way, mm-hmm. and the muscle is really tight. In the gay world, it's not so much that the muscle is tight. It's mostly because we're engaging and the friction and forces of sex. So you go to a straight doctor. He takes a look at you and says, oh, you have a cut that's there, a fissure. He puts you on creams. It doesn't get better. You go back to that guy. Mm -hmm. He says, oh, you know what? It's not getting better. I need to bring you to the operating room. I'm going to clean out that cut, and then I'm going to cut the muscle because it's too tight, and Mm -hmm. that's the reason why you got this fissure. And the reality is that, no, that's not the reason. Um, and most don't even ask, are you gay, straight, how do you engage, are you mm-hmm. bottom, top? They're not even asking sexually to so understand that there's a huge difference between the straight guy and all the rest of us, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and so I implore- Or at least one the bottom. Exactly, yeah, at least one the bottom. Now, there are definitely bottoms that are too tight. And that's a different scenario. But in that scenario, if you're too tight, why would I tell you to cut muscle as your first line of treatment?
0: Which is going to loosen. Which which is going
1: to loosen, and you can never get it back, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I can do Botox, which is a temporary relaxation, which would then tell me, oh, you know what? This actually mm-hmm. did really well. And I do a lot of that, where someone is super tight. They do have this kind of recurring irritation. We give Botox to relax. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to in- start engaging and dilate and stretch.
0: And with Botox, you can the amount that you give is, is minimal, I'm sure. It's, actually,
1: it's a nice-sized amount. It's 100 mm-hmm. units. It's about 80 units in the actual internal sphincter. But there's three muscles in your ass. So if you squeeze your ass now... Are you squeezing? Yeah, I'm squeezing. <laughs> I'm doing my kegels, <laughs> yes. Okay. So my so kegels. Those are audience, <laughs> we <were> squeezing. It's <Yeah. laughs> a bunch of tight asses. So those of the three muscles you're squeezing two right now. Okay. And that's not where I usually give the Botox. Mm-hmm. It's the third muscle that you can only contract. And that's the one that, like, someone's knocking on your door, and you're <laughs> trying to get in, trying to relax, mm-hmm. and then you're like, fuck, why can't I relax that last muscle, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's the one that you really can't control. So that's the one that like, gets really tight with tears and with issues. Right. So giving Botox into that muscle relaxes that. And also you give it into those skin lines that we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Remember the ones in the front and the back that are um, very friable that you can cut easily? Right. So giving Botox right underneath that skin allows that to relax a little bit mm-hmm. so that the friction is less. So, you're not gonna shit on the street if I give you Botox. Um, A couple of things, and I've had Botox in my ass, I think one is you're a little bit more gassy, Mm -hmm. so that's definitely something to know about. And then the other is like, you have a little bit more sense of urgency. You're not gonna shit yourself, Mm -hmm. but like if let's say you gotta go to like a two hour meeting at work, (laughs) and you feel the urge to shit while you're going into that meeting. You're running into that Starbucks. Go, go, yeah. go, go poop. You know? Go yeah. take a shit, and then you'll deal with it. But it, you, you learn how to deal with that over the first week or two.
0: But then you have that Jewish oh, gut. Yeah. So that's the that's the a Jew. different story. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing people should know, too, is I'm assuming like when people get Botox, it's it's not, it's only lasts like a few months. Yes, exactly. So So in its worst case scenario, where this thing that we can't say, the anal lateral lateral internal sphincterotomy is, is... permanent correct and so So. this
1: uh, botox usually lasts about three to four months Mm -hmm. and the nice thing is that i use it a lot even in in people that don't have fissures for a lot of my surgeries because the second you have a cut in your ass you do tense up Mm -hmm. right right so so and that's why it doesn't heal the way that we want it to Mm -hmm. because of all the pressures that's there so i do it a lot even in my like anal rejuvenation or anal restoration or any of that stuff that's Mm -hmm. there um what winds up happening is is that I do that to decrease the pressure so that now when you're shitting, it's not so tight and you don't injure more Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, So with that being said, it's not permanent at all. It gives us the same effect that it would be if someone did that lateral internal sphincterotomy. Mm -hmm. Um, But without cutting it. But without cutting it. Um, And then we're able to dial that back and dial it down to say, hey, what's the best what's the best for you. Now a lot of people love how botox feels mm-hmm. because it's it it's ple- it makes it more pleasurable. You can take bigger things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people even see me where they want to go into fisting but they can't or their partners are huge and they're like, "Fuck, you know, if I take him, I tear." And like I want to take him. Mm-hmm. And then we use botox in a really good way plus, you know, the physical therapist in the office mm-hmm. to get people to fully relax both the muscle and the skin so that they don't have trauma to the area
0: and i'm wondering if you as you say you feel like you want to go to the bathroom the sense of urgency isn't that making bottoms feel a little more comfortable like okay i know when i have to go i'm cleaning out yeah yeah and I, that I, I can think even that help with right. that as well exactly
1: yeah i mean i think that also you get into the routine and mm-hmm. it helps you understand the routine and when you're relaxed the shit fucking flows, you know? Which there is perfect. You <laughs> and while we're Maybe we'll get that porn star back in here. Right? Yes. <laughs> and when we're getting our
0: anal Botox, can you just move the needle up to my forehead a little a lot too? Of people,
1: a lot of people do ask that, you know? It, it, it just depends on if you need while, it While you have the needle out, I mean... Yes, well,
2: you won't have wrinkles in your ass. Yeah. So.
1: I want it to be a good well, weekend. Well, in your anus, I should say. Yes. Yeah. But I I do think, you know, one of the things, if someone does tell you that you need an internal sphincterotomy, just like I said in the blog, I would say turn around and walk the fuck out. Um, But I think the nice thing also would be to educate them Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that people need to understand that how they're approaching one group, it's not like a one-size-fits-all approach, specifically in our community. Um, And again, this is where we're trying to tell you um, the listeners, to go in educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, I see a lot. A lot of my clients are two to three, you know, second or third opinions. They're Googling around. They see some of the blog stuff. They listen to your podcast. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like, God, why was I told one thing? And now here we are, you know, where
0: it's totally a different treatment. These things treatment. are permanent. These things are Anytime major. somebody says they want to
2: cut something on you, other than your hair, Question. Even then, question <laughs> it, and you know, get a second or third or fourth opinion. Just you know, make sure that you know if somebody wants to cut something, that that's really the right thing to do. You know, and that's any kind of surgery. Totally, any, any kind of you know, uh, plastic surgery, whatever. Somebody's going to cut something get a second opinion
1: yeah and i get a lot of dms and uh you know emails on this from all over the world you know and we're very lucky in new york you Mm -hmm. know that we do have practitioners that kind of understand all of this but you can imagine all across the world um, oh yeah you know it's mind boggling how people are treated um and uh it becomes a a real it's it's Mm -hmm. real pain in the ass because you know bottoming is fun and everybody wants to engage the way that they want to and if you can't it ruins relationships. It ruins your you know, your, your right. everything, your MO and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, on that, I wanted to talk about some success stories that I'm sure we're talking so much about, you know, this kind of curated uh, approach to our health and how we should you know, check our asses out and see people like yourself, doctors like yourself. Um, I just want to talk about, because when we've had people on the show like Rev for Men, that is helping people with erectile dysfunction and mm-hmm. giving people, you know, we do a lot of tantric, um, not work, but we featured a lot of people that are bringing couples together. And, w- and I feel like in the gay community, we're really kind of finding our own right now, sure. which is a really good thing. And with your work, I'm sure you have a lot of success stories of people that maybe thought they would never bottom again totally. before. Do you run across a lot of cases?
1: Yeah, I get a lot of emails from their partners all the time.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> it's you. It's like, oh, my God, gold, steel, it's fucking awesome, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. No, really, I love that. Yeah, I mean, you must. You because get flowers and chocolates from the partners now, <laughs> yeah. Particularly when you're talking to people who are, you know, scrolling around the Internet and thinking they're a lost cause, and then they find you, and lo and behold, you can help them. And yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, I think, again, with the fissures, the fistulas, um, also a lot of tops that really do want to engage or they're meeting a new uh, boyfriend mm-hmm. and they are—they do want versatility in their relationship. So it's a lot of that, you know, um, and people don't, you know, you lose the ass from a sexual perspective. It's detrimental. I mean, right. it's a, a, a mental, it's, it's just, you know, it, and especially for a pure bottom mm-hmm. to not be able to engage. And so many people I see from all over the world that have gone through many surgeries or seeing many people and like, oh, Nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Or even the aesthetic piece,
0: you know, like
1: feeling sexy. Like, you know that someone wants, you love getting eaten out. And, Mm -hmm. like, you know that, like, that's a part of your world. And yet you have a big skin tag that's there. Or it doesn't look the way that you feel sexy. You know, yes, there's so many things that we can do. And if I hear another physician say, ah, why the fuck do you care what it looks like? you know You're I, right. I mean I just it's like
0: wait obviously a I haven't dealt with gay men
1: exactly yeah. right oh. I mean absolutely so I mean I think um, yeah I mean that's the most rewarding people say to me oh my god how do you look at ass all day and I say well you know what I think it's because of that those mm-hmm. success stories where people are now able to live the way that they want to and in the relationships that they want mm-hmm. and, and go from there but I, I must say you know even though, you know, I set the stage for success, it's a symbiotic relationship. A lot of what I do is the post-operative follow-up, mm-hmm. but also right. what, what, I, what I try to teach my clients to do after the surgery that gets it to heal the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like, oh, hey, I put my hands in it. It's just, it's all well and good. It doesn't work like that. This is a, a work in progress that over
2: mm-hmm.
1: two to three months of operating and kind of... Um, Toying around post-operatively and doing certain things to get the scar to heal the right way and then getting physical therapy in there. Those are all the things that we need to do to now allow people to get to where they want to. Um, but it's, it's awesome, you know, I mean, and uh, it's it's daunting because I'm the only one in the world that's doing this. So it's like a lot of people all over trying to, you know, if you know any other doctors that want to do this, have them call me. Yeah. I'd love to, uh, you know, train people and in terms of my techniques mm-hmm. because it's it's it gets overwhelming. There's a lot of ass out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine. And contact Dr. Goldstein. Um, we had a question. Somebody had written in about along the lines of aesthetic is... You know, can you do too many, um, when you're trying to do squats and everything and make it look bigger and everything, are you actually tightening the muscle that could in fact, you know, not allow you to take in totally. a large enough cock? You know but everybody wants a nice-looking ass, and so yeah. we're always squat, squat, squats, squats, squats. I know I do plenty of them. Totally, squats, <laughs> kettlebells, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, we're, but what we're actually doing is tightening the muscle too, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think the key component is that most people don't differentiate gluteal muscle from anal muscle. Right. And that's the problem. Got it. So, like, you know, I see a ton of uh, bodybuilders and weightlifters and beautiful, beautiful bodies and asses and all that stuff, but the problem is is that you're building your glutes and yet you're building your anal muscle. Mm-hmm. And so now your anal muscle is so hypertrophied that its you get hemorrhoids, you can get tears, you try mm-hmm. to have sex, it doesn't fully relax. And then also, even with steroids, I see a lot of people that do a lot mm-hmm. of growth right. hormone and steroid supplementation to bulk up and do that. And that, in and of itself, even in the trans world, um, it thins the skin so much mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. that you can tear very easily. Um, right. And then it causes all of those issues. So, I mean, I tell people, if you're doing squats, try and pretend like you have a butt plug in your ass, right? And that you want, as you're going down to do the squat, that you actually want the butt plug to fall out. So it's kind of like oh, so you know, relax. to relax anally. Okay. I, I can't do it, so I can always tell people to do it, but I, it's ho- so hard for me to do it. Relax anally while you're contracting your gluteal muscles. Can you do oh, that?
0: S- <laughs> I'm like trying to do it right now here, but you know what? a good way to do it is just like with no weight, just to kind of practice Correct. that. Yeah,
1: And sometimes people even put a butt plug in. Yeah. And do squats. So, like okay,
0: let me just get this straight. As you're going down, you're rolling your <laughs> eyes over here, Carpenter. I'm not rolling
2: my eyes. I'm thinking I need to go back to the gym.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Could you pick up a weight? No, I'm getting. <laughs> no, so as you're going down on the downward squat, you imagine. You know, it's like having it you.
1: Up. Right. So, how do you squeeze your actual butt cheek? Right. To, to engage the squat, right, right. On the way up, that thrust, right? Right. But. Keeping your anal muscle relaxed
0: okay because got it.
1: everybody tenses the entire pelvic floor right right yeah it's all one contraction um, and so you know it's like the bottom that could open up and allow you in and mm-hmm. has control of full relaxation that's a pretty amazing bottom I, yeah. I can't do it I know most people can't can't control that but it's the same component in this when you're doing squat work and you're doing leg work, mm-hmm. you want to do that. Now, it's a catch-22 because on the other side, you don't want to be too loose, right? right? Where now you do want some contraction. But it's more of those guys that are really, really big you know, lifters right? where it's, it's you know, three, mm-hmm. four hours a day, five, seven days a week, whatever it is, and they're trying to really build lower extremity mass right. that you have to kind of take that. There's days that you're doing contraction mm-hmm. and then there's days that you're doing relaxation. And you could offset that by the butt plugs dilating some days so that you're relaxing and then contracting around. Them I was so going
0: to say, we contract. don't want to scare all squatters out there. No. We love looking at hot asses. But, <laughs> and there's other things we've talked about totally. here earlier today. You can, you can practice. If you really do have a big butt, you do a lot of squats. If you know you're going to bottom, you can, you know, relax with your favorite toy before totally. you, you can do things like that. Anal Botox is yep. another thing. If mm-hmm. you're really concerned about that, you can see, you know, the good doctor over here and and to have a look at that and, and probably get checked a little bit more too. Yeah. If you're bottoming a lot and doing serious, major, heavy squat lifting, mm-hmm. just and then, get
1: And then one more thing on, on the, bo- the big booty. Um, <laughs> you know, because the ass there is so pretty and so big, what happens is is that the actual crevice, right, the crack is mm-hmm. pretty deep Yes. Right. and so a lot of people yeah, get like swam- a lot of right. It's swamp, a lot of people get swamp ass. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get irritated in there because it doesn't breathe. Right, because it's so Jeremy, <coughs> our other co-host. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so tight <laughs> it's in, tight in there, there. Right, right. right. So um, you know, you just got to make sure that you're doing nighttime showering, mm-hmm. really drying back there hair blow that area. Don't use wet wipes or anything like that because it just leaves so much moisture and gets rid of the good bacteria. Like the opposite of what you... Correct. So, you know, and also like sleeping, obviously in the nude is preferred (laughs) um, or like putting something like a pillow in between your legs to kind of open... Ass a little bit. Yeah. Air so
0: your asshole. Can, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. You have to. You have to. Or just it like, sounds funny, but I mean, it's no, true. Absolutely. I mean, or just
1: get on all fours for a little while while while, while you're watching, uh, you know, Queer Eye or something like that. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> right. some downward dog. <laughs> yes. yeah, downward dog. But it makes sense. I mean, it can be a breeding ground in there. Exactly. It's like, I mean, that's Literally. Shit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to end with uh, you did a story on cock size um, around the country. We talked about it on our show. And y- looking for the largest... You did your own study, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we do a
1: lot with a company called GoFish that we, we love, um, that uh, we look at... A lot of different uh, campaigns that we could run mm-hmm. that would be really interesting uh, for our community and just also from a PR perspective just because right. some of it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we
0: loved it because it was essentially it's the average penis size by state and the findings were really interesting and what we what we found and what your study found was that the, the average size wasn't as big as we thought yeah um, but In states like, what were some of the states that had the highest numbers?
1: Yeah, it was Louisiana, down south. Right, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Alabama was seven point four. Louisiana was seven point one five. You know, and in terms of, let's look up New York was uh, was was six. I think I think it's more because New York is like bottom heavy, maybe.
0: And we're talking erect, (laughs) right? Erect. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So it's, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I think the down south was really great. I thought what was interesting was that um, I thought that people would completely over-exaggerate. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was like, my cocks is this size, Kays you know? are honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> are you honest?
0: <laughs> I, I think, I, well, I get confused on where exactly I should be measuring. Like, I mean, is it on the like very the base? Like the base, but, you know,
1: you, uh, you, could, you could, yes, it's like from the base, out uh, on the erect
0: size yeah i mean mm-hmm. maybe my ruler's a little skewed <laughs> i don't know but
2: <laughs> you using a gay ruler
0: <laughs> yeah gay ruler right yeah you know um it's gotten me this far but um well interesting. And, and
2: the size queen travel agency will be offering specials to these uh southern states with the large numbers and
1: um no 100 100 but i mean i thought it was interesting that 12 percent actually underestimated their size and not only estimated but like by a full inch, you yeah. know, which so a little bit d- more than an but inch. But
2: how do you how do you know if they underestimated? It?
1: Well it was more of like um, you know what you're putting out there to friends or people you could hook up with or mm-hmm. apps oh, okay. versus the real. Okay. Right? So it was more of like and then when they finally measured Mm -hmm. the real size. They had been saying one thing. They had been saying I was six inches and I'm actually seven inches. And the question was Um, probably like, how did it
0: compare to when you talked about it with your friends versus what it actually was? And they said, oh, it was under. But I thought it was
1: also, also interesting of that people play depending upon what they think the other partner or potential partner would want like mm-hmm. too big maybe too uh, for a bottom it may be you're like fuck I'm not going to take that like mm-hmm. there's no way and then and then you're you're like swipe left or move move on to the next one right, right? so that was one of the interesting things that we were thinking of too which is like how many times do people look at cock size and say, oh, my God,
0: it's too big. I can't sit on
1: that. Or the other way. And you say, it's like, oh, it's not that big.
0: You can, I handle, can handle it. it. <laughs> or or yeah. when you're on an app and the person clearly is a size queen. And they're like, how big is it? Really, how big is it? And they want, like, inches. And you're thinking, oh, Try to fudge it by point right, 0.5. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, you, the lovely 6.5 or the, you <laughs> know. <laughs> which which is. But if you put like 6.3 and all these kind of weird, like 8.27. Yeah, that, I'm like, start like, doing like that. pie, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you know, I, th- I
1: thought it was – it came out a really good study. But, I mean, I thought 12% was quite interesting. About 30% actually did exaggerate their size. I thought it would be a lot more, but mm-hmm. still 30% is pretty substantial. But mm-hmm. it was 62% actually reported their actual size, which I thought was cool.
0: Interesting. Do you think that, like, as gays in general, because, you know – it, times are changing and everything, that we're less of si- a size queen nation now than we were before, where people would say, you know, they're under, and and I noticed, I went to a workshop last night where, at one point, um, our clothes had to come off, and guys of all sizes were in the room, and I find that, you know, people are less concerned about size these days mm-hmm. and more what you can do. And I feel and like it's
1: probably a confidence factor confidence, now yes. that we're out. And like, we are really the first generation of out gay men, you know, um, yeah. a lot of your generation, unfortunately was succumbed no. to, uh, uh, you know, he's looking HIV. at Carpenter <laughs> <laughs> audience, even our generation. Even even our genera- yeah. but <laughs> I mean, I'm not that different from no, your generation. I, no, but with that <laughs> being said, you know, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, it's uh, it's now we're out, we're, we're talking about a lot of really great things. Mm-hmm. I think that we're much more accepted, even though we have so much to go in that arena. Oh, yeah, um, but but I do think that that also probably translates to the confidence that uh, that we all exude.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, this has been. So awesome! You are going to do our final and third installment of our HPV vaccination. We're going to and you'll be able to see that
2: on the Patreon
0: page. Go to Patreon.com forward slash TalkAboutGaySex along with we did a tour, a video tour of oh your yeah, office. and we're going coming. to The New York
1: office. You yeah. also have an L- LA office, I right? I do. I do. I'm out there next week. We're in LA, are um, you? So we're in Beverly Hills, right okay. off of uh, right on Wilshire. Um, and uh, the LA practice is awesome I love going out there, it's beautiful and uh, yeah, I'm there usually about one week
0: uh, a month and then obviously your office here in New York City yep, on uh, 12th, not- Street. 12th Street yeah. right, exactly you can follow you on at, beast, at Bespoke Surgical or go to BeSpokeSurgical.com. correct
1: yes absolutely thank you so much thank you so much yeah, and check you. our
0: after show where you'll see all the become a patron and a member and you'll get to see that thanks so much for being on the show yeah thanks so
1: thanks much again. looking forward to next time yes, absolutely right. great absolutely. thanks, thanks.